there, my little geeklings, and welcome to another episode of Two Geeks Talk Movies. I am your host, John, and with me, as always, is my co-host, Joanne. Hey. Hey there. So how are you, then? Um, um, I know the two of us are over a cold, but yes. Mm. <laughs> um, How are you? Other than the cold, yeah. Um, Getting there, you know. Mm-hmm. Yourself? Oh, yeah. I just got rid of the cold, the, the very back end of the cold last night thankfully because mm. yesterday morning i said what freddy krueger so <laughs> i mean um, that would have been fitting with it being halloween coming yeah. up but no mm-hmm. but no it's, it's finally dissipating thank fuck for that anyway so we're on to tonight's movie which is comedy of terrors from 1963 although it says some places 64 or 65 so what is this thing <laughs> i'm gonna go with 63 mm. So this one's starring Vincent Price, Peter Lorre and Basil Rathborn. This was supposed to be a light-hearted version of Tales of Terror uh, from 1962, starring all of the above. Mm. Check out my original podcast, my original podcast, my podcast, here's John's reviews for that, as we covered that, what was it, a year and a half ago, we covered that movie? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, right, so straight off the bat, are you a Vincent Price fan? Um... I mean, I've only seen about two or three of his movies, and I can't deny not a great actor, but when I was watching this, I think I've realised that I maybe prefer Peter Lorre. I think yeah. there was a performance in this movie that made him stand out more for me. I mean, can't deny Vincent Price wasn't great, sorry, at what he did, but, you know, for me, I think Lorre got, got the edge. Mm, okay, okay. Well, yes, I've seen... Quite a lot of his movies are around about 30, 25, 30 movies of, of his I've seen. And this one is one of the worst, but not the worst. Mm. I mean, the worst one I've seen to date, Vincent Price was in, is a little 1984 movie um, called, what was it, Bloodbath, Murder House, something like that. It, um, it also starred Kenny Everett and Kenny Everett's entire oeuvre. Um, wow. And let's just say it doesn't work. It just does not work. It, it fails miserably. Mm, that's Basically. a shame because that sounds like a partnership that should be gold. Mm. Oh, that's about to be. Vincent Price has 12 lines total and maybe in a movie for 10 minutes. I mean, wow. <laughs> it's like Christ Almighty. Um, mm. And Kenny Everett is a. Uh, twisted version of Dr. Vaughn Scott from Rocky Horror Picture Show. So wow. there we have that one. Um, something about it's a haunted house and these are parapsychologists searching if, the, if it's true or not and it doesn't work. There's too many sex jokes, there's too many um, puns on other famous movies. I'm going, okay then, there's nothing new or fresh here. Mm. And it just doesn't work and Visit Price is completely and utterly wasted. That's a shame. I mean, I mean, like, like yeah. I say, it's 10 minutes tops. I mean, it's like, Christ. Like I said, it's on Netflix, so if you want to give it a try, give it a try. <laughs> yeah, see, what, see if it's good or bad. Mm, mm. So what research I can find, this is what is supposed to be one of Peter Laurie's last movies. Um, Because he died two months after this thing premiered. So yeah. I think he's got another yeah. three movies after this, I believe. Oh, many is that. I thought it was just the... I thought there was just this and one more, which I could never remember the name of. 
I think Bridge Runners 3, but moving on. Uh, so when this thing came out, the critics hated this thing with one saying, and I quote, this is nothing but a bag of dusty, rusty old tricks. <laughs> Ooh, uh, that's a put down and a half, isn't it? That's a bitch lab, right? Because the yeah. face that is, oh my lord. Yikes. Oh, I understand that's one of the better ones, so... <laughs> <laughs> oh. So this thing tanked when it came out. I mean, this thing was such an embarrassment Every piece of information how much this cost is winked off the internet, so yay. Uh, they really th- didn't want us to know yeah. how badly they did. Yeah, yeah. There was a sequel written and indeed planned about the following year called Sweethearts and Horrors, but this was completely canned, shelved and destroyed. Not just so, because of the title, I take it. I have no idea, no idea. So with that, let's head down to the dusty old graveyard and dig up this bag of bones. <laughs> God, that was a terrible pun. <laughs> so, its budget is unknown, and this thing made... Who knows? Because I can't find a fucking thing about this online. Oh, dear God. Um, Starring at Vincent Price, Peter Laurie, Boris Karloff, Ra- uh, Basil Rathborn, Joyce Jimison, Joe E. Brown, and a Beverly Powers are the plot. A dishonest undertaker takes things into his own hands as he has to kill off clients in order to make a killing in the Undertaker industry. So that's about it. I mean, <laughs> what can I say? <laughs> that's IMDb for you. Mm. Mm. Uh, so right off the bat, let's talk about the the American International Pictures, or AIP, which was Roger Common's go-to company before he started up New World Pictures. Now, yeah. I believe they've done all his early stuff, all his 50s and early 60s stuff, until uh-huh. until 1965, I think it was, 64-65, when he started up New World Pictures, and boom, his um, uh, his icon, I feel like call him that, I must be his icon, his um, empire was born mm. until, I think it was 1991, it went tits up. So that's not a bad run for us. Not oh, a bad run, yeah. Uh, so we're introduced to our um, hero, hmm. <laughs> Waldo. Waldo, played by Vincent Price, and Felix, played by Peter Laurie, at a funeral using a cheap, reusable coffin, which I just loved. <laughs> I mean, God, oh my, what was that thing? Black and purple, and it's like, what the fuck? I kind of looked a mixture between blue and purple. I just said it and thought, I know what I want mine to be like, just, you mm. know, in it before me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I love the fact how they say, this is only a young coffin, it's only 13 years old, it's barely used. I've only been used 13 times. <laughs> Once oh. a year, if they're lucky. <laughs> mm. Mm. So they dump the body in a shallow grave and bury it using mm. fast forward that's funny right it's not funny, i mean but... <laughs> it, it wasn't funny but yeah it was it just reminded me of very old uh lapstick um vaudeville style mm. movie very what the word like laurel and hardy and things mm. it, it'd yeah. be very fitting for the that that part of the movie i thought um but yeah i was glad that the movie that wasn't anywhere else to be seen yeah, it was kind of a uh, keystone. It was a keystone cops. I don't know. Mm. Yeah, it's kind yeah. of like that. Yeah, yeah. Also, mm. did you get uh, 
Gravedigger vibe off these two. Was yeah. it just me? What were they called again? Birkin hair? What? Uh huh. Yeah, Birkin hair. They used to, but mm. Birkin hair killed um, to sell to the medical, um, like medical students. Yes. yes. But yeah, I I was just like it's like Birkin hair, but only these two are meant to be qualified undertakers. Uh, and competent boobs at that. I mean, for God's sake. Oh, yeah, I mean, but like I say, if they really wanted to make money, why didn't they dig up the bodies and sell them to the universities and or colleges? I mean, uh, moving on. Mm. So up pops the titles with little cartoons of the cast as a light-hearted funeral dirge plays with a mixture of comedy stuff that I'm going, what the fuck is that? Why is there a funeral dirge mixing with light-hearted comedy stuff? What was that all about? Yeah, it didn't work, and I know why they get it, because they're trying to tell us that he's like a comedy horror but at the same time it just you know either pick one style and run with it mm-hmm. um, for that intro or or don't but don't try and merge the two I didn't like that whole that whole distorted cartoon no. type thing it was just horrible it didn't work at all no. so then we see in the middle of town a orange cat called Orangey played by a rhubarb now this cat was famous in movies he was the cat in Breakfast and Tiffany's, and he was Catwoman's cat in the 60s Batman. Wow. So there we have that one, or one her cat's enemy. I think she had one um, tabby cat, one orange cat, and one black cat. I'm right, so. Hmm. Wow. But I haven't seen Batman 60, 66 in fucking years, so. Hmm. Join the club. Hmm. So, so that uh, cat got as many credit her, what, Prince? Um, <laughs> Phone and Princess Price and uh, Laurie would have had. <laughs> Possibly, yes, yes, mm. yes. So it runs into a funeral home and Felix chases it off. And I'm getting a uh, tell to heart from this cat. Is it just me? Yes, Sorry. it's very. There is the mo- Yeah, there's multiple parts of this movie that make me think back to Tales of, Tales of Terror. And it's like two or three of the little short stories. I'm like, yeah, that looks like it's just been stolen from that and, you know, worded slightly different. I mean, I think it's the same cat that's in that also. I think of it, but I'm could not be. too sure. But it sounds like that cat was everywhere in the city. Could be. Yes, yeah, exactly. Also, I think one of its kittens uh, was that darn cat. So, mm. that one. Um, wow. so, anyway, so upstairs, Waldo is fighting. I hate that name, Waldo. It's a fucking terrible name. Was yeah. it Waldo Turnbull? Turnbull or something like that? It's like, ugh. Yeah. There's a whole joke where he goes, it's Turnbull. No, it's Turnblad. Yes, what I said. I mean, that joke got old fast. From the first time we mm. heard that joke, it was like, ugh. I mean, that, that joke ran to the ground. I was like, oh my God, enough. It's not funny. So anyway, so his wife is Amelise. Played by Joyce Jameson. Now to say her name one time, one time only, and then call her multiple different names. I'm like, what the fuck? Hmm. I mean, at one point, her father calls her Mary. I'm like, where did you get Mary from? Yeah, and uh, Peter Laurie called her Amy at the end. I'm like, uh, what the hell? I have no idea. I don't think it was a script editor on set this fucking thing because it's all over the bloody shot. But moving on. Um. So she, this is the second time she's played Vincent Price's wife, an unhappy wife at that. She's also in Tales of Terror as his wife. Oh, yeah, she ends up uh, bricked behind the wall, didn't she? Yes, mm-hmm. yes, yeah. 
So she's having a fight with him because all he wants is her money because she's rich and her dad was rich, but apparently he's blew their inheritance because he's nothing but an alcoholic. All he wants to do is drink and party. I'm going, okay then, so why don't you divorce him? Yeah. <laughs> and she wants to be a singer, but apparently she's a terrible singer, but she thinks she's a great opera singer. I'm going, really, love? Mm. Mm. All this is happening under the watchful gaze of the orange cat, which I kind of love. I mean, it's stealing the scene. <laughs> I mean, upstaged by a cat, and uh, I was just... <laughs> the way that cat said moose, that's it, like, following the argument, I was like... Mm. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, is it me or does Vincent Price look drunk on this set? I mean, I know he's yeah. playing alcoholic, but he looks legitimately drunk. I'm going. I, I, that was one of my questions to actually on Was he doing a Peter Laurie and just, you know, method acting by getting mm. shouted, you know, action? Mm, yeah, yeah. Like I said, there's multiple times I'm going, is he actually drinking red wine? I think <laughs> It's oh dear, dear to God. Anyway, so then it's just her father, Amos, played by Boris Karloff, who was hired to play the landlord, but he was too sick and had arthritis, so this role was given to him instead. Now, I don't know if this was written specifically for Boris Karloff or if this was a smaller role which expanded because it's Boris fucking Karloff, mm. but he was originally hired to play the landlord. Yeah, I read that, and I feel that he was kind of, how can I put it, underused very much in this part. It's just, it doesn't suit him at all. I I think they must have thought, you know, just give him every part, because I imagine the character of the father would have had to have been in it somewhere. Um, mm-hmm. But um, if they hadn't offended that part for him, you know, I, I imagine they just thought, well, we'll do it because then they can claim, then they can say they've got Price, Laurie, um, what's the other guy's name? The guy that plays Mr. Black and him all in one movie. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. it's like the four, the four main ones of the either. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. But like I say, to me, the, the father just seems to be shoehorned in and weird and wonderful places. I'm like, this doesn't quite work. Was was this a small role? And yeah. it was expanded upon because it's 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 Boris Bloody Karloff. But That's what like I'm thinking because, like you say, it does feel very, it does feel very forced in part to have, you know, have the whole script was almost written quickly to fit mm. him in, you know, to make him appear more than what he what he is because let's face it he could have been quick he could have got they could have got a bloody extra to just do that part and sit in the background out the way and it still would have you know but it's almost to have the you know like you yeah. say it banded that for him yeah exactly exactly um but like i say so the two are bickering about money and she hits him with you only married me for my money and to get my uh, your hands on my dad's business. He's a great, successful uh, undertaker, and now he's this old broken down old wreck of a man. And he hits her back with, "Yeah, I only manage you for your money because he's an old what was that? An old uh, get or something like that." And mm. I want him dead as he tries to feed him poison, poison. and a little vial of 
poison it actually says poison with a little skull and crossbone I'm, oh for fuck's sake seriously I, I mean you think you could be a little bit more conspicuous and you know give it even a medical name not just poison yeah and she goes no not my daddy no don't take it and like, pours out the tea or pours out whatever the hell is he put it in the soup and the tea and I'm going mm. oh god really um, and she thinks she's a great opera singer no love you're not and yeah. all he wants to do is go to a pub and chat up the dames in the bar and I was like okay then if he's the only undertaker in this village if not town if not city if not district mm. how does he get the ladies <laughs> you know, <laughs> wouldn't that be severely off-putting well I suppose in his business isn't exactly booming uh, you know, uh, he he doesn't do much undertaking, so therefore I'm like, yeah, I do about one funeral a year, you know. So mm-hmm. I, I imagine that would be like off-putting than, you know. I suppose that's true. I suppose that's true. <laughs> but it, but she did say that her dad before her before her dad went a bit kooky, he was rich and powerful and successful, and, and mm. hence why they're the only undertaker in that entire district. Yeah, yeah so, uh, almost hmm. to have, um, yeah, almost to have Price uh, came along and just ran it right into the ground. Mm. Listen, that makes no sense. If they're the only undertaker in the district, um, then where's all the dead bodies going? And he's pelting the streets. I mean, sure the hell he must be the one to phone or no phone uh, to to send out a, a telegram to you know yeah. or, or, a, or a messenger to if he's the only one in this district that makes no sense why they're so in the shadows yeah um the main question that made me ask was well, how high is the life expectancy in that district could we find out that he holds he holds his landlord a, 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 a year past rent for hiring like the parlor and whatever and it's mm-hmm. like if you're the only one, if you're the only undertaker in, in that large district, how high is the life expectancy? Yes. You I can mean, go a full year without one funeral. Yeah, I mean, this is supposed to be, what, the late 1700s, early 1800s? <laughs> and they're not dropping dead of, I don't know, the plague, TB, the flu, anything, you know? I mean... Definitely that we didn't things that wouldn't kill us now would have killed them then, yeah. Yeah, I mean, wasn't life expectancy upon, like, 45? Yeah. Like that? I mean, it was ridiculously short. Well, it depends what part of the world you were in, the New England, but yeah, it was never any higher than, um, you know, 40. Mm. Mm. So downstairs, Waldo um, picks on Felix by kicking apart his coffin he spent all afternoon building saying so much of you being the greatest coffin maker in all the land I'm going really with that piece of shit thing <laughs> I mean, well, really I wouldn't trust my sandwich in that never mind a relative yeah I mean what was it how to get fucking hopes and dreams sticky about plastic for crying out loud <laughs> I mean it's, it's like one little shove and it just falls completely <laughs> to pieces I, I was like what <laughs> Where's all the nails you apparently put in it? Because they're not on it. Mm. And he says, oh, that, that took me all afternoon to do what exactly? Cut three bits of wood together. <laughs> <laughs> and I've got down here, this Spaldo guy is a fucking charmer and a half. I mean, he's mm. a bully to his wife. He mm-hmm. hates his father-in-law. He hates his only employee. And he can't stand the cat. 
Plus, and he's, he hates the profession he's in. Yes, he hates the profession he's in. Plus, he's an alcoholic, a womanizer, and he's up to his elbows in debt. Mm. So, he's a real charmer, he is. He is, he had catch, isn't he? Mm. Mm. So with that, he stormed off to get a drink at the local pub, and he bumped into Mr. Black, played by Basil Rathborn, demanding the whole year of rent up front, because he's the landlord, don't you see? It makes no sense, because if the father owned the business for him, surely he would have owned the fucking parlour and the house. Yes. He put a mortgage on the house, because he's that much debt, you know? No. That could work actually because you would imagine if the father was so big and successful, her funeral parlour would not have been attached to the house. That mm. kind of looks like they have just taken a basement full of, you know, and used it for a parlour. It doesn't, because it's not looked like it's been converted short solely for the business. It looks like there's something from the actual house still stored in there to have yeah. it been a rush job. So, Mm. Is it a drop, a drop line? Yeah, is it a drop line that Vincent Price demands his, his wife sell off some of the tat in the basement? She goes, no, 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 that's my, my father's oddities. He's been saving them for, uh, for for decades. I'm going, so your dad was stinking rich and bought us crap. And no, he- I, don't, I don't think he demands it to sell it, but he does get a bit answer about, you know, your, like you say, your dad's stinking rich, but he chose to spend all his money on that that we don't need and yeah, like, yeah, yeah. yeah and she's like what he chose to do with it is See, none it of it it makes me think like the old man was losing his marbles right mm-hmm. and was spending money hand over fist buying all this crap so first the price went oh hello sure thing i'll marry the, the the daughter and yoink but the old guy has survived so this is why he's been slow feeding him poison and she was a clocked on to idea he's feeding him poison so this is why there's I tension. Mean, that that could work, but yeah. Mm. I uh, took it off maybe it was just a little bit eccentric and now that he's older and let's face it, he's not eccentric, he's just got what would be seen now as like some form of dementia mm. that you know, he's just resented. So Yeah, yeah true, true. But let's go back to the landlord. I love the landlord has a sword cane. Yeah. I love that thing. I mean, it's like giving the money or some cutting up with this thing. And I'm mm. going, ooh. But then I got me thinking, Vincent Price is supposed to be a prominent businessman in this area. And he has this, the old undertaker in the district. Surely he would have a weapon on him. Even if it is just a plain uh, uh, walking stick or like a billy club. You know, the in the Victorian times, wasn't most gentlemen had walking sticks um, for this to keep people away? Yeah, they had some form of protection on them, absolutely. I mean, but Vincent Price is an undertaker, so part of the what they call the morning outfit of an undertaker would have still at this area contained a cane. Yes, yeah, I'm aware of that one. Yeah, my, my, my point being, but wasn't there so many beggars on the streets? That's why. Uh, gentlemen had walking sticks and ladies had uh, umbrellas and such to keep away yeah. the beggars because they were ruthless sons of a bitches. Yeah. So why is he walking in a place in the top hat and tails? I mean, no... we do find out at the end that he carried a gun, so maybe he just got his gun on him and felt that he doesn't need a cane. That's true. 
Very true. Very true. So while Vincent Price's character is in the pub, Felix uh, helps around the house with his wife as they cook dinner, and she starts to sing really fucking badly as wine bottles are breaking, glasses <laughs> are breaking, and the fucking cat's going. Aah! You know, <laughs> I mean. Oh God, the cat! Oh, oh, that cat! That cat had mean that she basically later on when it covers the it covers the seals when she starts. Oh dear! Oh dear! I love how uh, Laurie's just looking at her longingly. Mm. Uh, She's got this really angelic voice, and you're just like, "Are you listening to what the rest of us are listening?" Because she sounds like um like nailed down a chalkboard, like the start of the Sister Act movie. Yeah, I mean, are you bloody tone deaf? Are you deaf? Full stop. <laughs> My God, it's like, Jesus Christ. So it's much later that night, as downstairs in a little parlour, Waldo comes up with a plan to make money by killing people and then burying their bodies, because, as I said, they're all undertakers in the district. Mm. Felix says no until Waldo says, Fentel Blackwell, then you're just out of prison for six weeks. He escaped prison. I'm going. He's escaped prison, he's your only employee, and he isn't disguising himself, he's putting one, one hat. <laughs> Again, you know, if they're the only undertaker in this district, let's not even imagine what the police force look like, so. Oh, yeah, could you imagine? imagine God, oh, God. God. Like cops. <laughs> God. And then it's dropped that uh, Felix is the world's greatest cat burglar. No, he's not. It's just by later on in a movie. <laughs> I mean, Christ. <laughs> anyway, it's now midnight. As it to go to pick a victim, they break into our ritual man's house and make so much bloody noise. It's unbelievable. They drop the 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 um what picking tools. They drop the chisel. They drop a hammer. They drop multiple busts of the Greek gods made of marble down a staircase. Which is just ridiculous. I've got to hear what the <laughs> fuck that's supposed to be funny. Yeah. Also, I've got down here, why would somebody have multiple busts of uh, Greek gods on a staircase and even secured? <laughs> they just bump them and they go everywhere. They just look creepy all lined up a staircase like that. God. Mm-hmm. So then Waldo sneaks into the old man's room and kills him in his sleep by putting up over his face and holds him for like two seconds I'm going really he's dead <laughs> <laughs> so that morning that while waiting outside the fucking home <laughs> I love that one to just park the, the, the horse and cart right outside the fucking home um, Waldo hears the, the staff screaming so runs to the aids of the now widowed wife mm. and I'm going really mate you didn't even wait a few minutes you just run straight away <laughs> Yeah, I was like, what's your rush? You've got no competition. Yes, exactly. I mean, would that be suspicious? Oh, there's an undertaker's horse and cart outside there. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> and then he comes to the door, like, seconds later. What the fuck? I mean, yeah. honest, God. I don't think you can get away in that in that either. But I was just passing and heard just screaming. Mm, yeah. yeah, especially if they find out this house and, and away and miles away from where mm. Waldo's little... Uh, Undertaker bits, I'm going, what the fuck, dear God. So once inside, Waldo tells the wife, played by Beverly Powers, her husband is dead. He died in his sleep, and she seems unfazed by that. I'm like, okay then. She's like, me, so. Yeah, <laughs> did, she, did she kill him? 
I mean, let's face it, she's not painting herself the uh, picture of innocence, is she? She she's not faced at all that he's dead and you know we found out the very next scene that she scarpered the day of mm. the so you know she's not exactly play, playing the grieving wife very no, well so. no she's not no no and i love the fact how both world feels perv over her <laughs> with peter laurie is like her bust level and he's tied up her, her boobs I'm like oh for fuck's sake yeah. seriously <laughs> he's, he's like, making that he's making that um n- he's not making that a conspicuous at all that he is making eye contact with her bust and nothing else mm, yeah yeah mm. so it's the next day at the funeral by the way it takes a, the next day doesn't it take like a week to get a funeral organised and arranged and such I mean not I mean the he's the early night they the turn of the last century, so you know, you funeral took a lot less time, and the heat before embalming, so funeral took a hell of a lot less time. Okay, okay. So Waldo's wife is fingering her organ. <laughs> Felix is pumping his organ, and that's the only joke I'll give this movie. <laughs> I mean, oh. Oh. It is, a, it is one of those jokes that at first you kind of, well, I, I rolled them into mine and watched it again. I was like, okay, a little bit for comedy. I like how he kind of um, stops like a couple of beats before her and looks deflated and she's still carrying up. Is that you from a something? I know that one. She's like, oh, fine. So, so yeah. oh my god, I'm even touching that one. Moving on swiftly. So the wife is 40 minutes late to her funeral, her husband's funeral. I don't know it's 40 minutes. So off Waldo goes to pick her up at the house, and the house has been completely cleaned out in one day. The fuck? How's yeah, the rips bare in a day. Oh my god. I mean, the I love the minute her back was done, she must have had a removal. Oh, yes, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love the fact how the one maid that's left in there goes, Oh, she's fucked off to Boston and now she's going on to Europe. I'm going, What? In a day? Mm. <laughs> Jesus. In a day, I was like, Oh my. God. Um, so over dinner, Waldo berates his wife yet again about her terrible cooking. She's a terrible housewife and la 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 la. As Felix is making Google eyes at her, I'm going, really, mate? I'm like, could you be, yeah, exactly. I was like, could you be less obvious? Not only he your boss, but he her husband. (laughs) And he's black on you, so hello. He's not afraid of turning to murder. No, exactly. exactly. Makes me think, did he try to break into the funeral home and Waldo caught him and then went, screw it, I need an apprentice, you're hired. That's a good thought. I never thought of that, actually. Because mm. how did uh, him, a reputable person such as Waldo know this um, cat burglar uh, slash world's greatest coffin maker who can't build <laughs> shit? I mean, hmm. good point. I mean, what makes you think he's retrable? He's only the the only one in the district, but yeah, you know. well, well, uh, him reputable, you know, and vertical yeah. as well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, as the dad's ranting and raving about how people were buried during uh, various times mm. in, in history, like what was it? Uh, 
Egyptians pulled brains out their nose in this malarkey and yeah, with a hook and uh, he referred to the mummification process and hollowed them out and filled them full of retin which isn't half isn't you know isn't that much from the truth um and um and one was right. dipped in honey, was it? No, someone, who was that? I was talking about someone dipped in honey. What someone, the hell was that? Yeah, and then there was the guy whose name I forgot, because um, I should have wrote it down and didn't. Um, the guy from history as well who was buried standing up. Yeah. famous, buried standing up. Um, but, yeah. Did he say yeah. that, sorry, did he say that I was under a great was... Uh, buried in resin or something like that? No, well, him, he said, was dipped in resin or someone else. But he did mention Alexander the Great as well. Mm. Mm. Okay. Okay. So Waldo then tries to poison him because he had enough of this old man's crap. What's the money? And the wife stops it. <laughs> I love that one. She mm. takes away the, the cup of tea. The cup? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And the father's like, oh, my medicine, no, I'm so sick. You can't take it away from me all the time. I'm like, oh, God. I mean, like I say, I love the fact how he has a little vial that says poison on it, or like little skull and crossbones. I'm going, could you be in a more obvious? I mean, yeah. Oh, dear, oh, dear. So later at night, Waldo plans another murder. This time, it's the landlord after eviction notice is nailed to the door. I mean, I'm going, really, mate? You're going to kill your landlord? Wouldn't that be suspicious? Just a tad. I mean, if there's all around town, you owe this guy a year's rent, and <laughs> next minute he's dead. <laughs> yeah, suspicious. Yeah, cause I can't do that. Going unnoticed that the only funeral director in in town had an eviction notice on his door, so, you know. Mm, mm, mm. So I'm making out the go with the cat in tow. Why the Fuck, did I take the cat? <laughs> Why not? I mean, I thought the cat was going to get, like, I don't know, trapped somewhere, and it was going to give away the fact that Moldo did it, but that went nowhere. Like, why did you take the cat with you then? What was the point of taking that bloody cat? Yeah. I have no idea. Maybe it was, like, an afterthought, and they were going to do something like that, and then they realised it was too similar, like, mm. far too similar to the end of Tale Hotera. Mm, okay, okay. So Waldo is berating Felix because he can't get the back door open because it's bolted from the inside. So he tries the front door and they're all locked. Well, no fucking shit. The guy's a <laughs> multi, I suppose, multi millionaire. Uh, I don't know, multi thousandaire? <laughs> yeah, um, he's like the equivalent of a multi millionaire now, but yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, he owns most of the, the, the land, so why would he have one lock on his door? Um. So this pisses off Waldo, who sends Felix to the roof to climb in via a window. Because, of course, the window wide opens. I mean, mm. Mm. hello, fucking bugs, bats and mosquitoes. You know? Exactly. And I love the fact how they're making so much noise because they're bumbling idiots. And the landlord doesn't hear us and goes, are you fucking deaf? I mean, yeah. he about falls off the roof, what, four times? Mm-hmm. I know it's pretty sweet. Um, Peter Dory was not a skinny man. He was fairly plump. So Yeah. So mm. that would have made a hell of a thud. I mean, it would have been a lot less quieter if it would have just a foghorn and announced his arrival. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Joke, like I say, he's supposed to be the world's greatest cat burglar. Really? Mm. <laughs> Jesus. Like, wow, he let himself go then, had he not? 
Mm-hmm. So once inside, Mr. Black is found reading. Was it Hamlet he's reading, or is it something else he's reading? It's Hamlet, I think. It is. Yeah, it's Hamlet. Mm. Uh, and this spooks the the landlord because he's uh, he spooks uh, Felix rather because he's shouting this stuff out loud. And I'm going, you're supposed to be a cop burglar and you're supposed to be this great thief, but you're spooked by somebody shouting Hamlet. I'm like, oh for fuck's sake! <laughs> so Black goes insane with the sword fight, and Felix falls out a window, and here the landlord dies of a heart attack. I've got lame down yeah. here and huge letters. Lame, you know. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, a little bit anticlimactical. You were like, really? That's how it gets down, and then we find out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So a doctor. Oh, I've got down here. Oh, what a night. Um, the song, which was written in the seventies, I can't remember the song. The writer now came from this prize quote from us saying. This was a night because uh, he would not stick to the script as he's sword fighting. <laughs> so that's where oh what a night came from. Mm. So I know that one. Anyway, so a doctor was then called, and he calls the time of death, as the butler says. But he's died seven times. Can you check his pulse again? I what? <laughs> I mean, yeah, the <laughs> butler says he's got catalepsy, which is yeah, like not you're unconscious and you mummy. You don't mean I mean decomp, but like there's no 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 heart rate, and it looks like you're gonna. That is where the it said that that condition is what caused the the fear and like the Victorian times of um premature burial. Mm. So and, and unfortunately, we'll never know how how many pre- premature burials it caused. But yeah, that fear, that condition to blame for it. Yeah. Yeah. Although in saying that, would you still be unconscious if you get stabbed in the hand with a pin to check if you're still alive or have the, the mirror under the Yeah, it's it more like a case of you can fall into that um, coma situation under any sort of stress. So maybe things like that have been high enough that it caused them to black out and, you know. Yeah, I mean, wasn't it true that in Victorian times, they had special bells attached to your toes and fingers, and if you rung it, you're supposed to be able to get out. That's why there's these little bells above uh, Victorian uh, gravestones. Oh, God, yeah. God, we spoke about this when we did um, Tale Terror because our local cemetery um, still has them. Um, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm kind of morbid like that, so I like to go a lot around a nice cemetery, and yeah, they still have them, and it, Freaky shit in the winter, especially if they move a little and you're like, what is that thing? Mm. <laughs> you know, they've been there how long? I don't think they're still alive if they ever were. But yeah, that's why people had like um like escape shafts built into their graves and things like that. Mm. And yeah. windows, there's one there was a few in, in mainly America, not over here, but there's a few in there that have like windows built in in case they do wake up, they can be seen. Oh, jeez. Mm. Kind of moving on swiftly. So, the doctor calls the time of death, and in rushes Waldo and Felix. Uh, hello, suspicious much. <laughs> Didn't even knock the fucking door. They just walk in and ask for the body. I'm going, okay then, how stupid are these people who have not realised you killed him? 
Yeah. He killed himself, but he tried to kill him. So, hmm, suspicious. Yeah, they're like, why are you two here so quickly? We've only mm. just discovered he's dead. Mm. So they take the body back and work on it. And he comes to life. He then dies again while trying to, to, to escape. And I've got to who the fuck thought this was funny? Because mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not. They put him in the coffin, but he won't stay dead. As they sit on the coffin, they chain up the coffin closed, but he will not stay dead. Again, who thought this was funny? I mean, I, here, I, I, I found it a little funny just before they're about to conduct his funeral. Um, Laurie peeps his head in and goes, look, the attendants basically are, are here. And they take the padlock and the chain and things off, off the coffin and take the gag off the mouth. I'm like, yeah, that's pretty funny. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've got down here, why is this not ending? <laughs> <laughs> I like I say, I I rewound this back about four or five times because I was just zoning out mm. because this was just not grabbing my attention and I just couldn't. I like I mean I've only got what what is this uh, eight pages of notes I've got in here and usually I take like fifteen twenty pages <laughs> so this is how bad this movie is. I just could not find anything to write. I mean I, I remember watching this thing. And went, oh, fuck, it's 25 minutes. I've got one thing written down. Shit. <laughs> Rewind it back and force myself to write stuff down because this movie did not catch my attention. I just found it tedious and stupid. Yeah, I'll you know. give you that. A, a very slow paced in parts. And, yeah, None of the jokes I, work. You know? I mean, it's like... It's so hard to do this whole slapstick thing that... Yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't liking, but you know, I'm not saying, I'm not saying I got tons to write or because I watched it twice and I was still, you know, clutching this draw. Much as I appreciate awards, I was still a little bit, you know, what can you really say about this apart from it's the most stupid thing you'll ever see, but actually it's worth a watch. Mm, I suppose, I suppose. Anyway, on to the funeral itself. Uh, the wife sings, he's not dead, he's only sleeping <laughs> badly. And this is where the cat does the whole ear thing. Exactly. And I was like, oh, God. Mm. So, um, her father then takes centre stage to give the last rites, even though he's not a fucking priest when we're gone. <laughs> he's doing this so bad that he has no clue who he is, or where he is, no. or who's the guy in the coffin. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> So um, Black isn't dead and rises from the coffin. I've got down here, first zombie. Hmm. Mm. And then he goes to the uh, the graveyard where he's buried in a crypt, an, an above-ground crypt. And he introduces to Joey Brown in his last role with a terrible Irish accent. Mm. He's the crypt keeper, by the way. Yes. Mm, okay. Um, Waldo is then complaining Black, uh, Black is not buried, but he's in a crypt above ground because he has to buy a whole new coffin. Like I said, it's over 13 years old. There's only been a couple of hundred burials in the thing. It's like, oh, God. Yeah. God. So that night, after partying, much partying, because they found out Black is stinking rich and Waldo's counting silver coins by the fucking dozen. Yeah. Uh, Black comes back, I have to say, back from the grave. As Waldo, as he here, is counting his silver, folks dances with uh, the wife. And later, she's that drunk. She starts to sing to Felix. And 
there's like more bottles popping and glasses cracking and such da, da, da. he then hits on her and she tells him to fuck off basically and runs off to the bedroom and I'm going wait what <laughs> where did that come from and, and that that made me a little bit um that made me a little confused because he hits on her and she knocks him back but then on like the very next scene she agrees to run away with him and stuff I don't mm. She yeah. suitcase. I was like, you what? I was going, what is with this? But here, she's she first like tells him to bugger off, mm. and then like the next the next scene later, she goes, oh yeah, let's run together, let's go to Paris. I'm going, what the fuck? So yeah. So at the grave site, Mister Black gets out of his grave to get revenge on Waldo. He's quoting Shakespeare as he does so. Mm-hmm. So while the household is asleep, Mister Black. Uh, enters with the axe, which is apparently a scene earlier where Felix is chopping up wood for reasons of a handy dandy axe. And I'm going, why are you leaving the axe outside? Oh, I forgot, it's a plot point. Yay. So he breaks in via the basement and there's a whole bit where they're all all drunk asleep and the wind uh, knocking the... the, the, um, uh, the basement door, mm-hmm. and he goes out to investigate. And this is where he finds all the junk in it. But he goes, "Oh, this is all crap. It's all getting sold." And Black attacks him. Yes. But first to die is the wife. She dies of fright as Mister Black enters her bedroom. Just like that, she just drops dead. I'm going lame. Mm, just faint. Yeah, mm. about like. Ugh. Mm. I've got down here. It takes forever for Waldo to check out the banging basement doors. Really, mate? He also says that door's locked, but now it's opened. How did it get unlocked then? If it locks from the inside. Yeah. Okay, then. He goes back to get more booze. He then runs upstairs to see that Black has an axe in hand. He runs for it into another bedroom. But this is where Felix is hiding as... Mr. Black shining his way in. He smashes the fuck out of the door. <laughs> Waldo runs for it, leaving Felix to his fate. The axe, that is. Yeah. As it just falls and then it cuts as um, Waldo's filled in the stairs backwards. And I'm going, okay then. I'm like, how did they fall down those stairs? Because Mr. Black wasn't that close behind him. Mm-hmm. I have no idea, but like I say, see, I've got down here, what's happening here? I have no idea what's happening. This is about I had to rewind back twice, because mm. I'm going, what is happening? It's like they've tried to take, um, it's like they've tried to take some form of classic horror ending and uh, a warped version of Romeo and Juliet and put it together in the, you know, slapstick concoction and what came out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, I have no idea. So Waldo gets a gun from somewhere and shoots Black, but he will not simply will not die. He's still quoting Shakespeare. I'm going to hear, why won't this end? Mm. You know, this thing is going on and on and on and on. Like I says, this feels like it's a 20 minute section stretch. could be stretched out for an hour and 40 minutes and it's not working. I mean, the, the acting is flat and the jokes are stale and nothing's working right it just seems to fall to pieces yeah they're definitely by the end of this they're definitely trying too hard I mean they could have easily made that an hour a lot 
an hour long movie and it would have mm. been yeah it would have been better yeah exactly. Mm. exactly so the wife wakes up and runs downstairs to find Felix's dead body she then screams as Waldo has killed Mr Black yet again he then chokes her to death because reasons Felix then comes back to life and runs to get a sword and cue a ridiculous sword fight between Vincent Price and um what's his name? What's his guy's name now? Peter um, Laurie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think this is the quote where he goes, Oh, what a night that was, because apparently he was drunk on set and this sword <laughs> fight went on for fucking hours. So anyway, so the fight through the home and the home is completely and utterly trashed. Uh, Waldo then hits Felix on the head with a fire poker and he's now dead. Okay then. I've got down here why is this not ending? This is fucking painful. Mr. Butler's sorry, Mr. Black's butler barges in to see everybody is dead and he's next. He runs to get the police. The wife comes to um she finds Felix dead in his arms. I've got down here is there a ghost in this thing? Because what's happening isn't Felix dead? He rises up and she rises up and then... Yeah, that's why I said uh, like, very uh, like um, classic horror mystery Romeo and Juliet because one minute they're dead and then they're not dead and then she's dead and then he's dead and then like, who the hell's dead? It's a complete joke. Uh, so that the dad finds Waldo passed out so he gives him his poisonous vial as his quote-unquote medicine and then... He surprise spins around in the background as the old man is going off talking a lot of shit basically. <laughs> going yeah. upstairs and he's going, Yeah, this and all these done, did it, did it, and Vince Price is now dead on the floor. As the wife and the princess fucked off to live their life in Paris, I'm going, What about your father in love? <laughs> she just fucks yeah. off. And like um not taking daddy with you, no. <laughs> no, and that's it. So that was that, and I'm going Thank God it's finished. I'm not running it back to figure out if I've missed anything because I don't give a shit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not, not watching this one again. So, let's wrap this thing up, shall we? Okay. That was Comedy of Terrors. Not even Vincent Price's hammy-ass acting can save this thing. This is cheap, stupid, and painful to get through. None of the fucking jokes land. None of them are funny, and this is trying too hard. Like I says, this feels like a... 20 minute sketch stretched out as far as it can get and it just didn't work right from the first fucking five minutes of the movie when the, the whole fast forward video thing I found this painful to watch so what do you say? I mean I have to agree with you on that you know it's very uh, very forced in part like I said they could have made that another, another long movie concentrated on that and made it better there's too much filler in part but for me you know the movie in part uh, not half bad I mean uh, Peter Laurie performance throughout that makes this film for me um, where I think even Vincent Price falls a little bit short in this movie um, and you know the um, the script the plot and the script are a bit off it's just a little bit too predictable that in the end Price would be made to drink his own poison in some way or another. You saw that coming from like the very beginning. But you know, the sets on that and the lighting and the way it's filmed is actually pretty good, you know. Um 
it's good for what it is. I mean, I wouldn't be, it wouldn't be like you know, topping my list to rewatch the next time I'm wanting to watch something. But you know, I wouldn't see, I wouldn't rule really out ever watching it again. But I won't be rushing to watch it anytime soon either. Mm, exactly, exactly. I mean, like I say, most of these movies, Vince Price stars in, can be safe of Vince Price, but this one, it just feels like he's walking through. Like I don't mm. care. Where's my next, my next uh, glass of wine? Because this is kind of, I don't give a shit. Just give me the next wine. This, this is, I don't care. So it's not even. Yeah, if I didn't know any better, I just sat here and said, this must be Vincent Price's last movie because he looked like he couldn't give a shit. And yeah. obviously, I didn't know that. I'd have been going. But John, it must have been. Look at the way he acts in that movie. You try to tell me that man went on to act again with for Patrick. thirty years. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. You're like he just looks like he can't be bothered. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, th- this movie just fails miserably. Mm. What it does, but to me, I'm watching this again. End of. <laughs> yeah, but I think it's that that almost gothic um, demon things like that, but Tori Neck, um, the other that is going on that I think kind of, it works and it doesn't work with some of the performances on screen, mm. they don't need to be there, that whole, that whole, um, that whole love thing between Laurie and Pricey wife, I'm like, could, we could have done without that, they could have yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm like, they could have both lived at the end without having to be together. Mm. Also, I love the fact how the landlord wakes up at the very end and walks off. So I'm going, when the police come back, they're going to find Vincent Price's dead body. And that's it. The other two and are, an old senile man. Yeah, an old senile man who's upstairs with the bottle of poison <laughs> in his hand. Yeah. So I'm going, okay, then others two have buggered off to Paris or whatever they fucked off to. Oh, dear God. Sorry. That scored us out of five one being dog shit and five being sold gold i'm going to give this thing a very generous one out of five so oh, would you give it i'm giving it you know i'm gonna give it a three it's good for what it is but yeah i won't be rushing it but to watch it before next halloween if it's lucky mm. like i say is i had to run bring this back at least three times and force <laughs> myself to pay attention to this bloody thing to write fucking notes for the thing because nothing I was going nothing is funny nothing is happening they'll break into a house oh funny haha and nothing is and then I went oh fuck I've thrown this back it's a full 20 minutes around it back and mm. I had to force her to pay attention to this thing and write notes for it it just wasn't working the, the yeah. ideas weren't working the script wasn't working the jokes were shite and nothing was working. I think they tried so hard at that time to try and do a horror and slapstick because that was round about that era where slapstick was, you know, it was making a semi comeback. Um, mm. They were trying to do that. Um, and yeah, it doesn't really work. You can't make a slapstick horror. Yeah, exactly. Well, you can, but not this bad. Well, <laughs> not, yeah. Not this this ridiculous script stretched mm. beyond its, its means. Start on mind. Next podcast is Hocus Pocus. Yeah. Mm. And then we have our Halloween special. So don't forget to like, share, comment, and subscribe. And you can follow us on Twitter at Two Geeks Pod. You can follow me at Twitter at 
too many ats in that sentence. <laughs> um, <laughs> here's Johnny's pod. You can follow Joanne at Two Geeks Joanne. We also have an Instagram and Facebook. You can follow us on Two Geeks Talk Movies, and you can also uh, email us a movie suggestion to Two Geeks Talk Movies at gmail dot com. Uh, bye. Bye. I was going to say something about I don't know the. Tell you something about death, but yeah, fuck, I just got it. <laughs> Can't be asked. <laughs> so. <laughs>